0: All right, so top five most improved teams going into the upcoming 2022 NFL season. Now, a lot of people are going to say, well, it's a little bit too early to be doing this because we still got a little bit more time left in the offseason. But at this point, you know, like, The moves have already been made, you know, now there may be a couple of trades and a couple of signings, you know, somebody may sign Julio Jones, take him off the market, you know, but at this point, your roster pretty much is your roster at this point, pending, you know, a couple of guys. So if you want to start off first, what are your five most improved teams this offseason? So,
1: I want to give a honorable mention just because I feel like this team is going to be improved. I'm taking I'm taking into account coaching with this team, really, just because, again, I never really was sold on their coach to begin with. I This was probably the biggest whiff of the offseason this past year was I picked the Giants to win the NFC East. I looked at the talent on the team, and, you know, Joe Judge, you know, he kind of brought some things to the table in year one, but... I whiffed. I, I was wrong about that. I told you go with Dallas. You you did. But um, I think the Giants improved a lot. I think Brian Dable was the best head coaching option out there. and I think that they got him, and I think he's going to do great things. And we know about Kayvon. We know about um, Evan Neal. Those were probably two of the most surefire picks you can pick in the top 10. So I think just based off those two picks alone and based off just coaching, they'll be better. We'll see what Daniel Jones does. So that's a horrible mention for me. But in just no particular order, I mean, I can't ignore the Denver Broncos just because they massively upgraded a quarterback. Like, and I feel like people, it's kind of similar to Deshaun Watson, where people just forget how good Russell Wilson is. Like, you know, he turns around, gets hurt, misses the playoffs. People forget that this guy is still an elite quarterback, in my opinion. I think he's arguably still a top five quarterback that might be an opinion that some people disagree with. You know, you have guys like Justin Herbert, Lamar Jackson, you know, that maybe have leapfrogged him in the past couple of years. But I disagree. I would still take Russell Wilson over Justin Herbert and Lamar Jackson. And honestly, right now, the only quarterbacks I'm taking over Russell Wilson are Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, Josh Allen, and maybe Joe Burrow that's about it right now. Like, you know, Deshaun, there's an argument, but I think that Russell Wilson is a more natural thrower of the football than Deshaun. I really do firmly believe that. I think he's a more accurate quarterback and he's more accomplished, you know? So Russell Wilson is going to make the Broncos go this year. I already think they're going to win the AFC West just based off his greatness and the fact that they have a pretty good team around them. Um, DJ Jones should be a good addition. Randy Gregory should help out that pass rush. If Bradley Chubb stays healthy, that's a pretty dominant pass rush, in my opinion. You still got players in the secondary like Patrick Sertain and, you know, Justin Simmons. I think those additions were good. Uh, they did replace Noah Fant with Greg Dolchek. I, I believe that's how you say his name. Um, the, the tight end of UCLA. He can run. And we know about their weapons and whatnot. So, I think Denver, just off the fact that they got Russell Wilson, that's really the big missing piece. Like, they've had good wide receivers receivers. They've they've got two great running backs, in my opinion. They just needed a quarterback, and I think they're going to compete in that division and make some noise for sure. So, Broncos, for me, are one of the teams. The Miami Dolphins, for me, will probably be up next just because heading into this offseason, what did they need? Probably another wide receiver, probably improve the offensive line, and you could add to the running back core.
0: I not know the quarterback, that's for sure.
1: Well, you know...
0: (laughs) I'm (laughs) just playing, bro. We... we (laughs) I we'll, we'll oh, to get you started, man. Bro, once you get this man started on Tua, bro, like, he's on I'm go. Sold, I'm not sold on Tua. I'm still not. But there's really no
1: excuses for him anymore. There's no reason why he shouldn't do fairly well. Because in my opinion, I've said this for a while. I haven't really came out and said it on my channel yet. But there will be an opinion out there at some point this offseason. I think Tyreek Hill is the best wide receiver in the entire NFL. Like, he's that dynamic. I think he's a great player. I think he's going to really help out Tua Tagovailoa this year. Um, yeah, I think that Tyree Kill, excellent addition, might be the biggest chess moving piece of the off season. Not to mention, you improve the offensive line by getting Armstead. We'll see what Connor Williams brings to the table, but I think there is something there to be had with them potentially. You have Chase Edmond, you have Raheem Moster. You know, as long as the offensive line is improved and you're running an offense that suits their, those guys' skill set, they can be effective running back. So, and not to mention. You know, we talk about Tua. The one knock I do have on Tua is he's, he's a little bit fragile. They improved in the quarterback room by getting Teddy Bridgewater to where if Tua is not good enough, you have a viable option, and Teddy Bridgewater, and if he gets hurt, you know, Teddy can step in and do some good things. So Miami, to me, is one of the more talented teams in the league that no one's talking about, so they're up there for me. The Philadelphia Eagles, I cannot ignore what they've done. A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith, that's, that has the potential to be one of the best wide receiver duels in the entire NFL. And I think Devontae Smith is really good. And I actually think, you know, when I was rating these guys coming out of college, I probably would have had Devontae Smith ahead of A.J. Brown, just as a college player. That's saying a lot because A.J. Brown is a pro. He's proven to be the better player between the two. So these are two explosive weapons that they have now. And, I mean, you still got Quez Watkins, Miles Sanders. We'll see if they utilize them the right way. But Jordan Davis was a great pick for them as well. They got younger on the defensive line. I think that I think that Jordan Davis is going to be one of those defensive tackles that he will be one of those guys you have to really watch on film to know how good he is. He's not going to fill up the stat sheet, but he's going to make an impact. You will have to account for him. And then Kobe Dean was one of the steals of the draft, that linebacker. I was disappointed my Green Bay Packers did not pick him. We picked Quay Walker. We'll see if that evaluation, you know, pans out. But the Eagles,
0: they're up there for me. And before and before like, you get to your final one, because I know you said the Dolphins, these boys just signed Sony Michelle. So they what they're telling you
1: is, Tua, we're gonna run the football and. Well, I mean we, play, play Well, I
0: mean, we well, I mean, like we, we saw this coming before. Like they signed fullback um Alex Ingle, which a lot of people overlook, but once they signed him, one of the best fullbacks in the league, I was like, Yeah, they're we're we're about to see San Fran
1: 2.0. Play action with Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle will be deadly if that run game gets going. And now the, the offensive line is better. So that's definitely something to be um looking at. But last but not least, the two teams for me that improved the most were probably the Jets. And the Lions mainly they improved through the draft. The Lions, you know, Aiden Hutchinson.
0: I think you did I miss a team? No, like oh, okay, I I kind of yeah. was like Detroit because, like, yeah, they made some moves, but I don't know, no, they, I don't got my top, they wouldn't, they five wouldn't have been on I don't have my top five written down, so maybe I might need to go ahead okay. and start doing that.
1: But well, it's it's okay, but I'll make the case for Detroit. I mean. Come, they, they kind of were like the Dolphins, you know, where they had specific needs. They need to fill. They needed a pass rusher. They got that guy in Aiden Hutchinson. We'll see how the Trayvon Walker versus Aiden Hutchinson debate goes the next couple of years. I think Aiden Hutchinson was the safer pick and probably is going to end up being the better player. But who knows with these guys, with the coaching staff they go to. He's a good player. He, he's what they needed. And I think he fits the culture in Detroit. And I've been saying for a while, Detroit's wide receiver core is bad. I like Amara St. Brown a lot, but he's not the game changer they need. They need an explosive weapon that can tell me win.
0: Check me out, check me out, check me out, check me out. St. Brown is going to be their slot receiver. Like, dude's going to have, like, at least 100 catches. He's a slot receiver. But they have DJ Chark on the outside, who is a former pro bowler. And the only and thing and with DJ him is that chart- – DJ Chark is a needle mover for you? Bro, he was a pro bowler. I, like, I the dude, so. the only thing, every time he's been, every time he's on the field, he produces. Listen, the, the only thing is, is when he's Bulldog? on the field. You get what I'm saying? No, like, I, if he, I, I get that. I'm just saying,
1: I don't think DJ Chark's a guy that, if I'm Jair Alexander, I'm not going to the game saying, oh, I'm scared of DJ Chark. Oh, I'm scared of Amara Saint I mean, Brad. you, you shouldn't be doing, doing that anyway. I mean... But I'm saying certain guys will catch your attention, like a Mike Evans, you know, uh, Odell Beckham Jr. when he was healthy, a Julio Jones when he was healthy, Justin Jefferson. Those guys will catch your attention, okay? Detroit's wide receiver core wasn't very good. They got one of my favorite players in the draft, Jamison Williams. Now, there's the injury concerns. We'll see what happens with that. But when he's on the field and he's healthy, I think he's going to do dynamic things for that offense. Josh Pascal should be a good addition. Like you said, they added DJ Chart. I think Mike Hughes is an underrated signing for them. You know, I was actually pretty high on him coming out of college. Didn't really work out for him in Minnesota, but that's not to say it can't work out in Detroit. We'll see what happens there. And then I mentioned the Jets. They continue to crush the draft every year. I mean, the young talent on this roster is pretty unreal. Like, I think the Jets are honestly the most underrated team in the NFL right now. It all comes down to Zach
0: Wilson. I think so. I really do. Now... I was telling people that I'm not saying the Jets are going to be a playoff team this year, but I do feel like within a year, two or three years, they're going to be there pending if Zach Wilson. And even if Zach Wilson hits that level this year, they're a playoff team. You feel me? But like check me out because like they have, maybe, it's just maybe. that their roster is super young and it's still like a couple of pieces. I feel they need to add, On defense, but I definitely feel like they're a team that's going to be ultra competitive. They're going to be in a lot of one possession games. They're going to fight with you. They're going to get a couple of upsets here and there. Like I'm trying to think of a team. I'm trying to think of a team. Like I don't want to use the Chargers because like they are they under. I think the Chargers are absolutely loaded. My problem with the Chargers is
1: they just find a way to screw things up every year. So I'm going to trust Denver. I think the but, Raiders actually are a really talented team this year, but um, but like
0: I'm just trying to find like a team that was like underrated last year that almost snuck into the playoffs. So I'm trying, I'm trying to think like.
1: So I'll pull up the standings real quick, but um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't really even want to talk about you know Amon Gardner and Garrett Wilson and Jermaine Johnson because those were p- picks that hit it out the park, but. Brees Hall was a great addition to the team. Like they already have Michael Carter and I'm like, okay, I think Michael Carter is legit. Now you have Brees Hall. He's another weapon that you have to worry about. Like this running back tandem is really good. And Jeremy and you Rucker, got Corey
0: Davis. You
1: have Elijah Moore. Like uh, Jeremy Rucker to me was the best tight end in the draft. He didn't get it used a whole lot at Ohio state. So he kind of flew under the radar. I think he could be a great weapon for Zach Wilson to throw to. So the Jets have put a, a ton of weapons around Zach Wilson. They've pretty much gotten to the point where they're like, hey, man, if you fail, it's not, it's not on us. It's on you, man. So the Jets, they have a lot of young talent on the team. I think they're a very underrated team, like I said. And, yeah, those are probably the five teams that I think improve the most. I don't want to say Baltimore or Cleveland just because realistically, if both those teams are healthy, they're already kind of in that Super Bowl bubble. So I don't want to say – like, they improved. Deshaun is way better than Baker Mayfield, and the Ravens killed it in the draft once again, but I looked at where teams were at heading into the draft, and those teams were pretty much already ahead of a lot of teams. So, yeah, but as far as an underrated team that maybe could fly under the radar that you haven't really talked about, maybe Washington. I think Washington is a pretty good team this year. I think that, honestly, in the NFC East, if I were to pick right now, I'd say Philadelphia wins the division. I think that Washington gets a wild card. I think so. I really do. Yeah,
0: it's like a lot of people probably will go Dallas, but the NFC East hasn't had a back-to-back division winner. I'm not sold on Dallas. Like- sold on Dallas. I, I think Dallas lost
1: some key pieces. I'm not sold on Mike McCarthy. And while Dak Prescott's good, clearly the best quarterback in that division, he's not a guy – he's basically a more consistent Baker Mayfield in a way, where Baker gets off schedule, things start to break down. It's not good. Where Dak is Dak's kind of in that tier, but he's a lot more consistent. Like he I,
0: I feel like, I feel like honestly, if somebody's told me, if somebody told me, hey, I think Dak Prescott's a top 10 quarterback, like I wouldn't, I'd be like, okay. I disagree, you know but I
1: think, I think Dak Prescott's around the 12 to 13 range.
0: Yeah, that that's I'll give I'll give him 12.
1: And last season, I would say I, I will say he's much closer to the Kirk Cousins and the Derek cars rather than the Deshaun Watson. So you Dallas fans out there that are barking saying, oh, Doug Prisca is better than Deshaun Watson. Stop it. It's not even close. Not even close.
0: Yeah, man. So like, for me, honorable mention, I'm definitely going to have to say Pittsburgh because like Pittsburgh addressed hell of needs this offseason. And as a matter of fact, like, I definitely feel like you can say that they're one of the more under the radar teams in a sense, like a lot of people, like if, if you were to just, if you were just to go look at the team's roster right now, you would look at Pittsburgh and say, you know what, they have a good team. As long as you don't think about the division. Take the division out of the equation. Just look at the roster Pittsburgh has right now. It's solid. But they're not in my top five. At number five, I'm going to go with Cincinnati. Now, I know they weren't making crazy moves, but, I mean, like, they pretty much revamped the whole entire offensive line. what they
1: did last year, where they didn't make all the splashy moves, but they got guys to fit their culture, you know?
0: Yeah, like, well, I mean, like, they made splashy moves to us. You get what I'm saying? Now, casuals probably don't pay attention to the offensive line, but they definitely made moves. I have Cincinnati at number five, like, Ted Karras. Hopefully I pronounced his name right. Alex Kappa, um who else who else like i had it written down in my notes it's one more it's it was alex kappa it was alex Lions, kappa. They, they got better oh look look lael collins from dallas right tackle he's gonna be playing right tackle this year so you look at cincinnati i think they're really improved i definitely like um the addition of sign of drafting daxton hill and the draft I would have liked to see them get a Stephon Gilmore or J.C. Jackson. They brought back Eli Apple on a one-year deal, which isn't bad because, like, you're laughing, but like a lot of people well, think I, about. I'm, la- I'm
1: not laughing at Eli Apple. I'm just laughing because he he just talked about. Yeah, and here's you know, the crazy light. thing: like, like people think people think Eli Apple's a bust. I don't think he's a bust. Like he's a starting caliber player in the NFL. Like he he listen listen
0: he, listen. Live a- he has some bad moments, a lot of them. But you also had just as many good moments. Like, people forget about the tip, inter- the tip pass ended up being an interception that ended up winning the game for them. I forgot he which game hon-
1: he, he honestly should have ended the game with a pick six on Patrick Mahomes. He just dropped the ball.
0: Yeah. <laughs> pretty, pretty bad, but, you know. So, I look at Cincinnati. They're definitely one of the most improved. I think they have to be on this list just because of the fact that they just revamped the offensive line. Then at number four, I'm going to go to Chargers because, like, You was talking about how, you know, it was one team that, like, that I forgot which team you said. Like, they made moves. They didn't sign, like, stars, but they made moves. Well, you talk about a team that signed stars. I mean, you get J.C. Jackson, free agency. You pair him up with Chris Harris Jr. All right, that's something. Then you trade for Khalil Mack. You pair him up with Joey Bosa. Then you sign Calvin Noy, which I think he's a pretty good fit there. And when you look at Brandon Staley's system, like the reason why his defense was so ineffective is because like his defense requires talent. Like you just like the kind of defense he runs, like you just have to have play. You just got to have guys at every position pretty much. Like that's really what his defense predicated off talent. If you don't have the talent, it's not going to work. On top of that, they got stronger on the interior of the defensive line, which is something that they had to do because their run game was a bit, their run defense was abysmal. Like, Either them or Pittsburgh had everybody running through gaps wide open. Like everybody was having a field day every time you played either the Chargers or Pittsburgh. So, Chargers come in at number four for me. So number five, I have the Bengals. I got to write it down. Number four, I got the Chargers. Number three, I'll go. I'll go You're with Denver. Do it in order. I'll, I'll go with Denver. I was going to put the Raiders in here, but. Because you did get Chandler Jones. Let me, they, they let me were... just ask. Let me just ask you this
1: quick question: Who do you trust more to win the division, potentially,
0: Kansas City or Denver? Answer Neither. That question. Neither. I, I would take the Chargers.
1: Okay. Okay. I don't. I don't hate you for that. The Chargers have the star power. I just worry because, like, I I love the Brandon Staley hire when it happened, but. I just saw some things this past year where I'm like, yeah, you got to stop this dude. Like, what are you doing? But you know, the talent is definitely there. And I think Justin Herbert's legit. I don't, I don't, I'm not buying into that Justin Herbert's elite quite yet just because he hasn't accomplished as much as some of these guys, but the talent is definitely elite. So I don't hate you for that. You know?
0: Yeah. Like, if you just look at the moves, they made: Bengals, chargers. Number three, I got to put the dolphins on here. Like, honestly, like, I'm going to just have a spoiler alert. I don't even think I'm going to put Denver on this list. Like they got Russell Wilson. You got Randy Gregory, but I just feel like there were teams who added more, even though a quarterback definitely does influence that. However, it's like overall, these teams just added a lot more. They got way more better. Like we already knew Denver was a quarterback away. You get what I'm saying? That's pretty much all they really needed. But at number three, I'm probably going to have to go with the dolphins. Like, The Dolphins were already a team that was a borderline playoff team. You get what I'm saying? You add Tyreek Hill, you bring in Teron Armstead. And although I don't view Tyreek as the best receiver in the league, he is one of the best, and he is a player that, like, I don't really view him as a receiver. I just look at him as a weapon because he can impact the game in any phase. You can give him the ball on a jet sweep or you can throw it downfield. He's also a weapon on special teams. Like the guy is good enough to win at least two or three games for you like he did in Kansas City because he can just take over games. And like you have it's not really a lot of wide receivers. It's good receivers. You feel me? And there are elite receivers. However, there's really only about two, three receivers that can single-handedly take over games, and Tyreek Hill is one of them. And please don't ask me to name him right now because that require a lot of brain power and a lot of thinking. But you add him, you bring in Teron Armstead, the second-best left tackle in the lead behind um, Trent Williams. So it's like left tackle is a premium position, especially if you can get an elite one. So Tyreek Hill, Teron arms to the long, move the needle. Okay, then you're able to rework and bring back on um, Xavier and Howard because, you know, him and Miami was kind of at odds last year before the season started because he wanted to redo his contract and whatnot. So I got the Dolphins at number three. I also like the addition. They, they just signed Soda Michelle, So now you got him. You got Chase Edmonds, who probably is going to be their, their scat back. He's going to be the dude who comes in on third downs because he has the best hands out of all their running backs. Raheem Mostert is probably going to be their one-two punch. I think Miles Gaskins may end up being the odd man out, simply for the fact that he doesn't kind of have the acceleration on the quick burst that maybe he may be looking for. So I have the Dolphins at three. Um, at number two. Didn't you have the Eagles in there? Yeah, I gotta put I gotta put Philly there, man. Philly went crazy. You got N'Kobe Dean, even if he's not able to play this year, like you add him. You also look at the fact that you got AJ Brown. Like, I just really like the offseason that the Eagles did. Like they made a lot of great moves. There's probably a couple of other moves that I'm probably not thinking of off the top of my head, but Philadelphia went from a team that Backdoor their way into the playoffs because of their weak schedule to a team that now you can pretty much look at as being a legitimate threat to not only win the division, but they probably could, you know, surprise some people in the postseason, pending on, you know, how well Jalen Hurts comes along going into year three. And I told people Jalen Hurts was going to be solid. Like the dude is a worker. He's a, like, I just can't see Jalen Hurts failing no matter what. And there were a lot of people who criticized the head coaching hire of, um, What's his name? Nick Sirianni.
1: Nick Sirianni. Yeah,
0: like a lot of people talking about this press conference uh, and whatnot. Like, question. bro, like, I don't, I, I don't, need my head coach. I don't need my head coach to be the best talker to the media. I just need a head coach who's going to be able to get it done. Like, we know how Bill bilichek handles the media. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, not great quotes all the time. <laughs> yeah, but I will say, like, this might
1: be a really hot take, but I will actually not be shocked if Kyler Murray is a Philadelphia Eagle in the year, I won't be shocked because I feel like Hurts is good and he's okay. He's going to get you by, but Hallie Roseman's aggressive. And I don't know how, I don't, I feel like Kyler already has a foot out the door. Like people keep talking about how, Oh, they've made up or anything. They said the same thing about Russell Wilson. And that guy was gone in a year. Now Kyler to me, doesn't have the cache of Russell. So I don't know what he's doing. I think Kyler just needs to kind of just sit down and kind of play and just, Honestly, well, he, him. He, I think he needs to hold himself accountable, and I think that Kyler is in a situation where he's really scared about his injury history, and he really wants to get paid because he's been injured the past two years and he hasn't gotten paid yet. And I understand why he hasn't got paid, but if you're Kyler, you're like, you're like, hey, pay me now,
0: like if you can. So, and look what he did. I, in the I, I,
1: I, I, I just can see the Eagles making the move. I, I and and that check that me out.
0: Happens. Well, I don't think Kyler Murray is going to get traded because you don't really have to trade for him. He'll end up being a free agent in no time. You get what I'm saying? If they don't end up franchise tagging him or extending him. So it's like, for Philly, it's like, I don't think you, I don't think Jalen Hurts is going to play bad at all. I think he's going to continue to improve. So like, honestly, I feel like when you look at the most improved team, I got to go with the Jets, man. And like, they're the most improved Because, like, I know it may not show right away this season, even though they're going to be better this year than what they were last season. It's like, I think the moves that they made set them up for the following season – they're going to be really, really good once Garrett Wilson, everybody, really gets a year under the belt. Elijah Moore is going to be going into year three. Like I just feel like next season is going to be the year that we could see the Jets kind of take off out of nowhere. But this year, they definitely went from being one of the worst teams in the league to you know being a team that should be in the middle of pack. Like the way I view the New York Jets, I view them how I viewed the Carolina Panthers. Going into last year's NFL season, like they had some pieces, they had a solid offseason. It's just that you know, kind of feel like they either need one more year for all of their young guys to develop, or they maybe could add a couple, a piece or two to get them to that next level. So those are my most improved teams. I didn't write them down, but thank God I remember them: Bengals, Chargers, at three. Um,
1: the, Eagles I, were one of your, the Eagles were one of
0: your teams. I think I had the Eagles at two. I had the Jets at one. Who did I miss? You had the Broncos in there, I think. No, you, I didn't have Denver. No, no, I didn't have Denver.
1: Denver. Uh, I'm looking at the teams right now. So you had um, – it wasn't an NFC team.
0: It was – oh, yeah, you had Pittsburgh in there. Oh, Dolphins, 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 Dolphins.
1: Didn't you mention Pittsburgh, though? You Pittsburgh was your honorable mention.
0: No, yeah, yeah, like – Dolphins and – yeah, okay that makes sense so I got Bengals Chargers Dolphins Eagles Jets those are my five most improved teams like I just look at the Jets man like I really feel like they're going to be what Carolina should have been last year at least what I thought Carol at least what we thought Carolina was going to be now hopefully they're not what Carolina was last year because if they are that means that they should be drafting another quarterback next year
1: yeah, um, Zach Wilson. He, I think he'll he'll improve this year. Like there, he's got something to him. I didn't really like him coming out of the draft, but you know he's talented. He he can, he can throw the ball pretty
0: well. I like him. So you know. So last thing I want to talk about, man, before we get up off here, we got to talk about Colin Kaepernick, man. Because here's the thing, like. I don't really think a lot of people really know how good Colin Kaepernick was. You get what I'm saying? Like, a lot of people say, like, he's good enough because of the stance he took and all that. Get that. You get what I'm saying? However, like, we're just talking about this from a pure football standpoint. No politics. I don't really care that much about politics. I don't really have a political affiliation. I just picked the side that I feel is right. You get what I'm saying? So for all y'all in the comment section, don't make this political. We're talking about strictly what he's done on the football field and the pads, shoulders, shoulder pad, all that good stuff. So don't go there. Please don't. So when you look at Colin Kaepernick, how good was he honestly? Like, you want to start off? Sure, I'll start off. So to me, when Colin Kaepernick
1: was playing and he took over for Alex Smith and led the 49ers to a Super Bowl and almost won the daggone thing, and keep in mind, that Baltimore Ravens team – they were pretty stacked,
0: especially Power on – Power never went like, off. I think the 49ers win that. Maybe. We'll
1: never know. But, well, at the same time, I feel like that that kind of actually helped the 49ers in their favor just because Baltimore had all the momentum after the after the Jacoby Jones kickoff return, then the 49ers kind of got rested. And I feel like it kind of took away Baltimore's momentum. So, I gotta you know, we can, we can argue either side. but No, you're, you're where, right.
0: You're right. You're right. I got it
1: mixed up. It's okay. It's okay, but I I find it hard to believe that he wasn't a top ten quarterback at one point. I think that he was. I I really truly believe at one point Colin Kaepernick was one of the ten best players at his position. Now it wasn't for a long period of time. It was only for about a two or three year stretch, just because that was you know the only time where he really got a chance to really shine. And I understand he had a great run game. He had a great head coach and all that great stuff. But you know, it's about what you do and what you're given and. I really truly believe if Colin Kaepernick got more of an opportunity, like he could have continued to grow as a passer and we could have seen him put up a 4,000 yard season, maybe 30 touchdowns, you know, but I don't know. I mean, it, de- it depends, but at the same time, I think he was one of the 10 best. Let's look at the quarterbacks that were, you know, playing pretty well at his position while he was, you know, winning playoff games, you know, versus Cam Newton, Aaron Rodgers. And now he obviously isn't better than those guys, but, he was good enough to win, and the 49ers were winning because of him. Like his dynamic ability to run the football, that, it was it was something beautiful to watch. And he was a great thrower of the football when given time to throw. Like he was dropping dimes, man. Like his arm strength was one of the five best arms at, at one point in the NFL. He had pretty decent touch. Like he made good decisions with the football. Like he his didn't throwing throw motion a lot, his his throwing motion it wasn't the na- most natural throwing motion but when when it was when he when he was on it looked really good coming out of his hand and a lot of velocity but i mean let's look at the quarterbacks that were really good good their position compared to you know rodgers you know
0: brady Breeze, you know so Peyton, before he, before you start give me a year like what year do you really oh, feel oh, like calling Kaepernick? Here. let's
1: let's just say 2013 you know 2012 2013, 2013. Let's let's say in the year twenty thirteen or twenty fourteen, around that time. So, you had well, I think twenty fourteen was the year he fell off. But um, the point is, yeah, the year after he made the Super Bowl and got back to an NFC Championship game around that time. So, obviously, you have Brady, you have Rodgers, you had Breeze, you had Peyton Manning. Peyton was kind of falling off a little bit, but he was still great at that time. So I'll put him in. Twenty fifteen, he was. Yeah, yeah, he's he still was great. Andrew Luck was up there for me like he was up there um so this isn't really an order these are just guys off the top of my head uh andrew luck joe flacklofty Super Bowl, was in the top 10 as he was somewhere in the top 10 he was closer to 10 than five but he was up there philip Rivers probably was in that category matt ryan i'll give matt ryan his flowers there eli manning and then you get to like cam newton and then probably like colin kaepernick like i mean russell wilson I guess he's like right outside the top ten or around. Well, the top Well, this, this was a
0: young Russell.
1: <sighs> Depending on who was ascending at the time, like Philip Rivers really wasn't making the playoffs. so I actually take him out I, at that point. I don't think people, many people were saying Philip Rivers was better than Kyle Kaepernick. I feel like Russell reader. Wilson.
0: I feel like Russell Wilson wasn't the top ten because remember when he first came in, everybody viewed him as a game manager in a sense. I really feel I really feel like the offense I feel like he ran and Kaepernick through were doing the
1: same thing. Feel like he and Kaepernick were doing like the same thing, though.
0: Well, like I feel like the offense ran more through Kaepernick than it ran through Wilson because Wilson still had Marshawn Lynch. Oh, and Marshawn Lynch me, was let me, say,
1: let me say this: like, as good as Frank Gore was, he was not Marshawn Lynch. And it's one of those things where I don't want to penalize Russell Wilson for utilizing what he had. Like, I feel like if he was asked to do a little more. He could,
0: do. he could have done
1: it. Yeah, I agree. Just that, like, I agree. they didn't ask him to do as much because they had Marshawn Lynch, who at his peak was a Hall of Fame-level running back and maybe the best running back in the league, not named Adrian Peterson. Like, he was that good. Like, Marshawn was the beast. So, yeah, I mean, I think Kaepernick at one point was a top-ten quarterback. You know, it was very hard to game plan for him. Just as Dom Capers and the Green Bay Packers defense, they could not stop that, that, that guy. They, they could not stop that guy. Like, so... Yeah, I mean, he was making high-level throws, like, in the Super Bowl. Like, he actually made great throws to bring them back in the game. He ran around. He had a touchdown where he ran for a touchdown. But that Ravens defense had, like, Doomerville, like, Reed. Ray Ray Woods. Woods. Everybody like, old. Like, old, agent. Well, yeah, Lex, they were old, way, but they were, really still, they were still an elite unit. Like, he, yeah. as a kid, he was making plays. And he almost brought them back in the NFC Championship game versus the Legion of Boom. So, yeah, Kaepernick played his best versus great defenses. He beat Cam Newton in a playoff game. He has a playoff win over Aaron Rodgers, you know. He he came back versus Matt Ryan in the NFC Championship game when Matt Ryan had a 17-point lead. Came back and beat him in Atlanta. Hostile environment. So, yeah, to me, Colin Kaepernick, um, the football player doesn't get talked about enough. Like, the guy that makes the stance, yeah, sure, like, we get it. But the actual football player was really good. There was a reason why Jim Harbaugh pulled the trigger and said, Alex Smith, you know, you got to sit on the bench. You know, this and guy. And then didn't a-
0: Kaepernick get, like, an extension or something? Like, I believe he did. I believe he did get, like, a pretty big extension. And it was well-deserved. So,
1: yeah, I think at one point Colin Kaepernick was one of the ten best quarterbacks. Obviously, he didn't maintain it for
0: a long period of time. But at his best, like, he was really talented. Yeah, I would say from 2013 to 2014, like, that two-year stretch was like Pete Colin Kaepernick. Like, Colin Kaepernick was, you know, but I feel like, you know, when Colin Kaepernick was at his best for the two years, 2013, 2014, I definitely feel like he was a top-10 quarterback. He had the record for most rushing yards in the playoff game by a quarterback, 181 yards against your Packers, beat Aaron Rodgers. Like Colin Kaepernick kind of was like, you know, like, I won't say he was like a, he, he definitely, I won't say he was like one of the more popular players, but he definitely, if he would have kept it up, he definitely would have ended up ascending into that, you know, on the field wise. You get what I'm saying? Obviously, he kind of became a bigger public figure, you know, from what he did, you know pertaining to things off the football field. But when he played, like, you definitely can say he had two, you know, seasons where you could say, you know what, Colin, like, you played at a really good level. And honestly, like, his last season with Chip Kelly, like, even though, like, he didn't start, um, he got beat out by Blaine Gabbert, like, his last season wasn't even that bad, neither. Like, 16 touchdowns, four interceptions, you know, the complete percentage looks ugly. But Colin Kaepernick was never the guy – who is going to always, you know, throw for over 60, complete 6% of his passes. You get what I'm saying? Like, his accuracy was kind of hit and miss. Like, maybe he would have developed as a passer, but honestly, I feel like Colin Kaepernick, his playing style was never really suited for him to have longevity in this league. Like... I don't really feel like, I kind of feel like he worked because of Jim Harbaugh and what Jim Harbaugh wanted to do. Jim Harbaugh wanted to run the football. He wanted to play smash mouth. And Colin Kaepernick also accounted for, you know, part of that smash mouth because they was running him a pretty good amount of time. So like, when I look at Colin Kaepernick, he definitely had two years. However, it's like, I didn't really feel like he was going to last long. Again, this was way back when I was in elementary. I was like, you know, I like Colin Kaepernick and all, but I don't think he's going to last that long again when Jim Harbaugh and the 49ers end up falling off and his final year in 2014 that's when Colin Kaepernick you know fell off so for Kaepernick like it would have been interesting to see like what would have happened if Jim Harbaugh never if him and if Jim Harbaugh and the 49ers were able to make things work out but you know, like I definitely do agree, and you you definitely opened my eyes because you know, like I was kind of thinking, you know, he had one good season, but now looking at it, like he did have, you know, two pretty solid seasons. Like 2013 was probably his best year. That's when he was the full time starter. 2014 they went eight and eight. They didn't make it to the postseason. So I mean, like two good years. He had a pretty honestly.
1: Good let me say around. this.
0: Let me say this. If Kaepernick gets past the Seattle Seahawks. Seahawks
1: I think they beat the Broncos in the Super Bowl. I really do. That Denver Broncos team was a finesse football team that did not want to smoke with the Legion of Boom. And that 49ers team was pretty much a poor man's version of what the Legion of Boom was. They were more built up front where they had the big boys, like that would punch you in the mouth. Whereas Seattle, they had good pass rushers. They had good pass rushers, but they were more so built on speed on the back end and speed at linebacker. The bottom line is, I don't think that Broncos team wanted any smoke with the Forian and irons defense or the Seahawks defense. And we saw that in the Serbo. And I think that Colin Kaepernick's ability to run the football would give that defense a lot of fits that Broncos defense was not the no fly out at the time. Like they had to make some additions to that team before they actually got where the Hump and actually won a Serbo. They got to that Serbo by scoring a ton of points and they kind of capped out. It was all on Peyton Manning. And we know sometimes in the playoffs, Peyton Manning doesn't perform the best when the pressure's on, you know, he got the four Super Bowls, but there were some choke jobs in there. You know, his final season, he was a below 500 quarterback in the playoffs. And then the defense carried him to the Super Bowl. And I don't really hold that against him because there were some years where Peyton was at his best and the defense let him down. And, you know, it kind of evens his way out, you know. So happy Peyton Manning finally got a Super Bowl. But if he would have gotten past Seattle in Seattle, they could have won the Super Bowl that year. I do believe that.
0: All right, everybody, this is my guy, Juice Alert, man. As always, always a pleasure having you on. We're definitely going to have you back on a couple more times. You know, we ain't got nothing going on other than work this summer. So, everybody, make sure that you guys go ahead, and check out my guy, Juice Alert, the Juice Alert podcast. I'm going to link everything down in the description down below. Make sure you follow him on all his social media channels and his social media platforms. And, as always, I appreciate you for coming on, my guy. For sure. Take care, man.